It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right, here we go, everybody. Another edition of Locked On Lions on this Tuesday, March 3rd and a Wednesday, March 4th. Matt Derry with you. Thank you for listening and joining us on the podcast talking about your Detroit Lions post-combine and the mock draft that we went over yesterday on Mock Draft Monday from the DraftNetwork.com's Trevor Sikama. We'll discuss it some more with Trevor. He's going to join me momentarily. you also hear him right here on this network hosting the Locked On NFL Draft Show. We'll talk about the three selections that he made for the Lions in his three-round mock draft. Some observations that he made from uh, Columbus. I don't know, Columbus on my brain. Indianapolis and the Combine. And I get his thoughts on just where the Lions sit right now going into this draft. And we got to ask him the two a question as well. And we'll do that momentarily. A Locked On Lions, as always, you can find it on Facebook. We post it on the Matt Derry Facebook fan page each and every day. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, on Twitter, at Derry Speaks, and also at Locked on Lions. Some news today that affects the Lions. Let's start with that, and then we'll talk to Trevor. Uh, There was a trade today, the Broncos and Jaguars. And Jacksonville shipping out their best corner. Sound familiar? They already did this with Jalen Ramsey. Now they've done it again. They sent out cornerback A.J. Boye today to Denver for a fourth-round pick. That according to ESPN. So this is important for the Lions because it might give you an idea of what Detroit would want and could get for Darius Slay. A.J. Boye had a lousy year last year, but the three years prior was a very, very good cornerback, both in Houston and in Jacksonville. Now, the Broncos have their own free agent cornerback situation with Chris Harris. Now that Denver has picked up A.J. Boye, you got to figure that Chris Harris will be available. Would the Lions be interested in Harris, who's a couple years older than Slay and probably cheaper? That's a possibility. But a fourth-round pick for Boye, as we know, there were reports out there that the Lions were looking for at least a second-rounder for Darius Slay. Uh, If Boye is only fetching a fourth-round pick and the Jaguars are saving $9.4 million in salary cap space with this maneuver... What what's Jacksonville doing? Like, first of all, the Jacksonville Jaguars can't keep any good players around. Now they're shopping Nick Foles because he didn't work out this year and then got hurt. But just a fourth rounder, I think Boye's pretty good. Is he as good as Slay? No. But to only be able to fetch a fourth round pick for him, I think is a little bit ridiculous. But again, we're talking about Jacksonville. Um which is not one of the better uh, organizations in the NFL. Now, Boye again, like we talked about, $9 million. So he did not have a good season this past year. But I figured they could do better than a number four. If the Lions are asking for a two for Slay, and the Jags got a four 
fourth round pick for Boye. Does that mean that Slay's, you know, the 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 window for Slay, the 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 measurement for Slay is a third round pick? If Bob Quinn has made the phone calls and admitted at the combine that he has and says they're talking to teams, and if teams are offering a third-round pick for Slay, to me that would be ridiculous and outrageous. I'm not saying you must demand a number one for Darius Slay who's going to be 30 years old, but he's your best defensive player. Boye, arguably, again, lousy year last year, three really good years before that. But as far as the reactions are going around uh, the NFL, you know, people are saying, wait a minute, A.J. Boye only fetched you a fourth? And if the Lions can't get m- money agreed upon with Darius Slay, and we're getting to right around the draft, could a third-round pick be the best they could get? But remember, Darius Slay's number just went up the other day. If a broadcaster like Tony Romo is going to make $17 million a year calling games once a week for CBS, you don't think some of these NFL players aren't telling their agents to tell these teams, hey, look, if if this league has so much money and these networks have so much money and these owners are getting a piece of the TV pie and Romo's making 17 to stand in a booth, maybe Darius Slay's telling the Lions... I want 18. Broadcasters are making 17. Now, it's kind of a stupid, silly comparison. But still, that's how the players are thinking right now. That's what the players are thinking. How could a broadcaster who has done this for a couple of years, used a desperate other network, ESPN, for leverage in order to keep this guy... I don't tune into CBS and go, oh i got to watch this game because of Tony Romo. I'm watching the games to watch the games. I don't care where the announcers are, especially with the NFL. Now, will I watch a college basketball game late night that has Dave Pash and Bill Walton on it that I don't care about, like Oregon and USC? Yeah, because they're hilarious. I will tune into certain sporting events to hear announcers. I really enjoy Matt Vaskersian on, on Major League Baseball. Uh, There's certain MLB announcers I really like. Greg Brown, who does the Pirates, is hilarious and fun to listen to. I wouldn't watch the Pirates if it wasn't for Greg Brown. But NFL Sunday, a primetime game at 425, I'm watching it with Nance and Romo because I'm watching it. Because the game's good. I've never said to myself, ooh, i got to turn on this game because Tony Romo is predicting the plays 10 seconds before they happen. So what? Don't care. But I'm telling you, the players are going to use this in negotiations. If the announcer, the 40-year-old announcer that used to play a quarterback is making $17 million and I'm on the field doing the job, I'm going to want more. You watch. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've all heard of the great advertisers we've had working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Lions is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Lions fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. So if your company wants to connect with Lions fans, it's a predominantly male audience, well-educated, disposable income, let's put your company right here on the show. 
Local fans love to support local businesses. So text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. Let us know who you are. All right. So text the word advertising to 33777. We look forward to hearing from you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, joining me today here on Locked On Lions, we talked about his mock draft yesterday from the draftnetwork.com. Trevor Sikama, the host of the Locked On NFL Draft, a podcast as well, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, joins me now. What's up, Trev? Hey, man. How you doing? Good to be with you, man. Good, man. Uh, good to be with you as well. So, your mock was interesting. A lot of the mocks at the Draft Network over the last few weeks had the Lions uh, trading back. You didn't. Uh, three-round mock. Let's start with number three and Jeffrey Okuda. What did you see at the Combine that makes you feel comfortable that if Bob Quinn stays at three, then that's the pick? Yeah, actually, it wasn't really anything I saw. I mean, you could ask a number of people, and they might actually tell you that Okuda didn't have the Combine that maybe they thought. I know he ran a little bit slower in the 40s. Some people thought that he was going to run in the 4.3s, ended up running in the 4.4s, which is totally fine, by the way. But then in the drills, he just he was a little tense. He just looked like he had a lot of pressure on him, and uh, you could just tell he was a little bit off during the drills. I'm not sure why. I'm here to tell you that he's got two years of tape that are way more important than a 10, 15-minute drill session in Indianapolis not wearing pads. And so where I really thought Okuda started to make his claim to uh, that top five pick was how he talked when he was in front of the media. I mean, the kid was as confident as collected, seemed so prepared, knew exactly what he was going to say, the correct answer everywhere. I mean, he was saying that even before the combine, he was looking up to guys like Patrick Peterson and Jalen Ramsey, finding out how they prepared, looking at their combine tape, not even game tape, combine tape, to try to emulate what those guys did well. And that just tells me the kind of work ethic that this kid has. He has such an attention to detail, and he loves football. I think that's really, really important, too, is that, at this combine, and what teams are really trying to do is they're trying to find out, yeah, a lot of these guys are freak athletes, right? A lot of them can play, but you got to really love football when it gets to the NFL. You're going to be going up against grown men. It's not going to be as easy as it used to be in high school or even college. you got to figure out who really wants it. And I think Akuda is a guy who had all the measurements that you could have wanted, had the attitude you could have wanted, and then on top of that had plenty of tape and great athletic testing as well, even if there are people out there who are nitpicking on him. And so that's why... I still thought he was well worth that number three overall pick there. So when you're doing these mocks, and obviously you know what, what the Lions' needs are, you're you're watching all these teams and, and you're studying this stuff, but, you know, Okuda over Simmons or Okuda over Derek Brown, what, what's your thinking there in terms of the talent? And obviously Isaiah Simmons wowed people as well in Indianapolis, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and so obviously the Lions have a, have a big linebacker need. I have them going linebacker in the third round of, of, of the mock that I had just put out this past Monday. And so it's very possible that they can go for a guy like Isaiah Simmons. I mean, he had an otherworldly kind of a combine where you just, as you were watching him run and jump and, 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 and be as athletic as he was, 
you just got the imagination flowing of can you play this guy off the ball? Can you play him on the edge? Maybe even some nickel corner situations, either safety spots. The sky's the limit for Isaiah Simmons. And so not to say that uh, Simmons would be a bad pick in any way. I'm sure you're going to read a lot of mocks that have Isaiah Simmons going three overall. And I tell you that that's a damn good pick as well. But when Akuda here, obviously, because of the situation that's going on with Dwayne play, whether he is there or not, Akuda as an outside corner, I think gives you the flexibility to continue to get more and more aggressive on the defensive end, right? When you have a guy who is as comfortable as he is in press man coverage, that allows you to elevate your aggression on every different phase of the defense. You can you can send more people to the pocket. You can have an extra safety down in the box because you know you don't have to allocate as many resources to playing coverage on the back end because you just go, okay, Akuda, go, go cover their number one receiver and you don't even have to worry about it. Not to mention if they had him and and Darius play. I mean, that, that instantly become one of the best CB duos in the NFL. So I love that idea either way. I think corner's a big need whether they have play or not. And I really just think that Okuda can do so much for a defense, just like a guy like Stephen can. Trevor Sikkim with me, host of the Locked on NFL Draft podcast. Also catch him on thedraftnetwork.com, his latest mock draft 6.0. We went over yesterday on a mock draft Monday. I want to get to second and third rounds in a second, but you mentioned Simmons. Guy can be all over the field, yet it was Bob Quinn who, who said that the, his linebackers right now are, are kind of a cornerstone of his defense. Tavai, Jared Davis, Christian Jones, who they just re-upped, which is a head, a head scratcher for me because I don't think he makes enough plays. Is Simmons almost too fast for the Lions' defense and what they want to do in terms of their scheme? Listen, if Simmons is too fast for you, you got the wrong guy in charge of team building and then oh, I know the defensive game plan. Right. So you know, not exactly. You know, it, it, that move and those moves there. I think there's something to be said of GMs and head coaches really just want to make sure there's no holes on their roster going into free agency a little bit, but especially the draft. They want to give themselves the opportunity to truly just pick the guy that they think is the best player there. And I think the three players that you mentioned, Akuta, Simmons, and Brown, those are the three big targets for the Lions that they're not going to trade down. So even though they're making some re-signings here and they're, they're, they're talking up the guys that they have, you can't say that Simmons isn't still in the possibility of them picking him even as high as number three. I think that's all in the cards for them there. Um, like I said before, if you can't figure a way, out a way to use Isaiah Simmons' talent, you got the wrong people making the calls. Well, it, it was this time a year ago where the Lions passed on Devin Bush, a similar player to Isaiah Simmons, in order to draft T.J. Hawkinson. So certainly anything is possible uh, with that, Trevor. All right, what about uh, Tua? What, what, what's your stance on him right now? I'm sorry, I, I didn't catch that last part. Which guy? Uh, Tua, the quarterback from Alabama. Oh, right, yeah. So Tua stocks a little... Odd, polarizing, I guess, is the way that I need to say it. Came back, had a great medical recheck. Everything's good to go. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to, I think, get cleared for football activities on March 9th was the date. So you're hoping to get some training in there. He gets his own pro day where he can work out for teams and, and show that there's a potential that he could even play here in 2020, whatever team drafts him. But I also heard in Indianapolis that teams just aren't as high on it, not because of the film, but just because of that overall medical history. They, they're not trusting of him to be the investment that they want to have in like a top five, a top ten pick when you're talking about a franchise quarterback because those are very, very important picks. Those are head coach and GM defining picks, and I think they get a little bit scared 
when they look at Tua's injury history, especially coming into a league where everything is going to get faster, bigger, stronger. And so, you know, the medical recheck, definitely a stock up there. But I think I learned when I was in, in Indianapolis that the rest of the league may be a little bit more questionable on Tua just because of that overall medical history than I once thought was going to be the case. I thought that the tape was going to be what meant the most with Tua, but even if teams like his tape, there's a lot of people that are hesitant on him as a prospect. Not saying he couldn't still go top five or top ten, but it's not as unanimous as I thought a week ago. Second and third round selections from Trevor Sikama's Mock Draft 6.0. I want to get those from Trevor. We'll do that next right here on Locked On Lions. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, back with Trevor Sikama here, our guest on Locked On Lions today, of course, from thedraftnetwork.com. Trev, you had A.J. Epinesa, the edge from Iowa, going number three overall in the second round, 35th uh, pick overall to the Lions. Surprised me you had him out of the first round, but I guess the combine uh, did not help him, right? Yeah, the combine wasn't very friendly to A.J. Epinesa. He, he, he put up numbers that his size profile athletically that, there just aren't many cases of guys having success with those kinds of numbers. And, you know, a defense where it would make sense would be Detroit. And I think that if Epinesa slides out of the first round, he won't last very long because I think a team like Detroit would love to swoop in and pick him up as a true uh, 4-3 defensive end, a guy that can play that strong defensive end spot. But really, Trey Flowers and Michael Bennett, those are about the only two guys who have similar size profiles and athletic testing numbers that Epinesa did, there were successes in the NFL. There's a lot more misses than hits when it comes to the athletic test that Epinesa had. And so with that, you kind of got to doubt it a little bit. But he does have good tape. That's why I still think he's going to be a top 50 pick no matter what. Like I said there, if he makes it into the second round, I think Detroit's the team that's going to swoop in on him. But I'm just not as high on him overall as I was before. He's been mocked in the top 10 early on in the season. And I think we're just cooling on that because it, 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 the, the precedence for success with the kind of numbers that he had and the size that he is, he would definitely have to be in a rare category to make it happen. So it's tough to bet on those kinds of guys for the top pick. Anybody else that you see sliding into into round two that maybe you had a round one? You know, Grant Delpit you have going 41. I mean, that's a guy that, you know, a few weeks ago you're like, oh, well, he's one of the top safeties in this draft. But again, because there's so many good wide receivers in the quarterback run in the first round, guys like that will slide. A- any other names come to mind? Yeah, guys like Grant Delpit, I mean, you named him there. 
I was so high on Grant Delpit coming on in the season. He was my number one overall prospect on a win before 2019 kicked off, and it was just disappointing. He was such an impressive sophomore the season before. He was all over trying to make plays when the ball was in the air or when it was in guys' hands. He had a knack for sniffing out screens. He was a reliable tackler, and he had plenty of range to make an impact on the ball in the passing game, but... We did not see that thing Grant Delpit in 2019. There's just no way around it. Now, he talked about how he was fighting through an ankle injury. He had the shoulder injury as well. And so you can take all those things into account. But at the end of the day, the tape that he put out there was just not first-round tape. It wasn't. So I'm wondering if he's more of a back end of the first round, potentially early second-round guy. T. Higgins is another player who I know a lot of people are pretty high on that I'm not nearly as high on him. He just struggles to separate. He plays that true X role well. He's a big, strong guy who can play off the line of scrimmage and knows how to get off press, but separation is just tough for him. I think we saw that throughout the years, even though he was having success at Clemson. And the other guy who is a pretty heavy first-round pick that I didn't have going in the first round in this mock, LaVisca Chenault, the wide receiver out of Colorado. I like Chenault a lot, but he played a lot of snaps in a lot of different positions, and he got beat up. His groin injury might be a little bit more serious than just a medical flag at the Combine. I've got some concerns about him and his long-term future. He's a hell of a talent. I think he's a great player, but you got to be available. And I'm not sure how much teams believe LaVisca Chenault is going to be available, especially all the pounding that he took when he was in college. And so, you know, hopefully those get cleared up a little bit. It's not nearly as serious or chronic of an injury as we once thought because he's an electric player. But I did have him falling to the second round because of that. Look at you. You also have uh, DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, going ahead of T. Higgins. I know uh, the Michigan wide receiver makes some fans around here happy. Did very well in Indianapolis. Yeah, he did. He His jumps, his broad and vertical jumps, measured up with the best of them. I, I, I think that they were in the 97th and 98th percentile, both of his jumps, which tells you that the second DPJ comes into the league, he will already be one of the most explosive wide receivers to ever play, right? I mean, that's the kind of percentile we're talking about with the 44-and-a-half-inch bird. I mean, that is just insane. So I think his stock is definitely on the rise, and people are realizing that might have been held back by the passing attack at Michigan and could have a lot higher ceiling in the NFL. All right, finally, at 67, third pick in the third round, you have Willie Gay Jr., the linebacker from Mississippi State, going to the Lions. What's your thinking there, and and any concerns about uh, his suspension at the end of last season? Yeah, so they certainly need a linebacker, right? They've got to capitalize on it within the first three picks. And if it's not a guy like Isaiah Simmons at the top, if it's not a guy like maybe a, a sliding Murray or Patrick Queen, maybe at the end of the first round or, or early second round, then they've got to get it somewhere. Willie Gay is a player that I think that they would need to bet on because of what you said there. They're kind of anemic at linebacker right now. And even if they quote-unquote like the guys that they have, they've got to get more athletic. They've got to have a bigger impact from that position. Willie Gay gives them that potential. And this is the guy who, you're right, had a couple of suspensions. But when he's on the field, extremely athletic, extremely physical, knows how to be around the ball, and just make an impact around the line of scrimmage and even in coverage. So those are the kinds of guys where, all right, if the Lions have a big linebacker need and they're not picking a guy early, you kind of got to swing for the fences here. And you know what? By re-signing the guys that they, they did, it gives you the luxury to maybe swing for the fences and maybe get a home run in the third round of a guy who might have a little bit more risk to him. Dude, I love your stuff, Trevor. The, the mock yesterday was fantastic. We uh, we read your stuff all the time at the Draft Network and listen to you on Locked on NFL Draft. Thanks so much. Yeah, of course, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. 
All right, there he is, Trevor Sikama. Check out his work at Locked On NFL Draft on this very network or at draftnetwork.com. And you can find him on Twitter as well. I'm going to look this up and make sure that I have the proper handle for my guy at Tampa Bay Trey, at Tampa Bay T R E. Interesting stuff from Trevor on, on what he sees the Lions doing. Again, if Detroit just takes Okuda at three and doesn't entertain trades and doesn't take Tua, I think that's a mistake. I think they can get him later. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.